Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse. This is Golf Monthly's weekly look at the various different events in the world of golf. And this week we have another special for you. It is Masters Week. Well, it's not quite Masters Week. Um, as we're sat here in our studio recording this, it's the week before Masters Week, but we're getting um, quite excited about the biggest event um, of the sort of certainly the early season calendar. And we're going to have a look ahead at the Masters and um, provide a preview podcast. I'm joined this week. Uh, by um, the two most regular podcastees, if there is such a word. Podcastees? Podcasters? I think podcasters is probably a better yeah. option, isn't it? Probably just, on balance. <laughs> uh, that's the voice of Nick Bonfield. Nick. Good day, how are you? I'm Good right. day. Good, Good day. day to you too, sir. And you, Thomas Clark. That's your name, sorry. Now, Nick, tell us, um, <laughs> explain to everyone where we are sitting. We are sitting in the sports-themed meeting room in our new offices in Pinehurst 2, the aptly named aptly named Pinehurst 2 in our new Farnborough office. It's very nice in here, isn't it? Very and, plush, yes. Um, there's some pretty cool memorabilia on the wall, but before we talk about that, I'm going to introduce our second voice. <laughs> That's a Tom Clark. Tom, uh, how are you? I'm very well. Yourself? Um, welcome back. Um, Thank you. Regular podcast listeners will know that Tom's just returned from patern- uh, paternity leave. Yes. Um, yes. How's it going? Bleary-eyed. Um, no, yeah, very well, thank you. All, you don't all. look too tired, actually. Coffee's a very good thing, isn't it? <laughs> so. And Tom, if you look over your right shoulder, what do you see? Just, uh, just paint well, a picture. Um, well, as I had a, a helping hand in all the uh, design of this office, it looks really good. And there's lots of sport things stuff. There's rugby stuff and football stuff, because we uh, share the office with a football publication, World Soccer and Rugby World uh, as well. But we also have, of course, some golf stuff on the wall, and there's uh, an Open Championship uh, 18th flag from Royal Liverpool. Yeah, get on with it. Ryder Cup (laughs) 18th flag from Valhalla. And? And there's also a Masters flag, 2007, with a scorecard underneath. Which all, whose scorecard is that? Uh, that? Well, I believe it's yours, Neil, believe it or not, <laughs> when you played in, uh, whenever it was, 2010? 2010, 2010 yeah. The day forget. after Phil Mickelson won the Masters. Yeah, so we, it's, a, it's a really good scorecard. It shows scores, obviously, and how many putts you took on all 16 holes that you played because <laughs> you had to leave early and go and catch a flight, I think. Yeah, it took quite a while to get round, so I, have to, I had to leave after 16 holes, I'm afraid to say. Too many um, selfies. <laughs> too many selfies, um, or probably too many putts, actually. Any um, bird dogs on the scorecard? Uh, I birdied the 16th, no, 15th. Nice. Um, but it's a, a disclaimer at this point, the, um, when, you play, or <laughs> when you play Augusta, the day after the Masters, in the, there's a media draw. So mm-hmm. photographers, um, uh, video people, and then journalists as well can come out of the hat. I came out of the hat and I played with a couple of guys and they put you off the members' tees, which were quite a long way forward. And on 15, I don't know if you, if you can picture 15, you drive up and over a hill and then it goes down towards the green, you've got the water in front, lock mm-hmm. down par five. The members' tee is so far forward that when you drive over the hill, you get a big kick forward and actually <laughs> I hit driver nine iron into that hole. Um, not, not because I'm I, very long off the team. One thing I, I wanted to point out here, I've heard these stories so many times <laughs> now, I'm so glad that we've managed to get this on the podcast, so if I ever want to hear the story again, I can actually always go back and yes. listen to it like, time and time again. And also, can we say, I don't think we should ever mention the story again. I can just hit play. My fault I did ask, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's move on. Okay, so uh, just a quick 
heads up as to what we have coming in this um, edition of the podcast. Uh, we're going to start by looking at Augusta National, the golf course. Um, then we're going to pick some of our favourite Masters moments. Then we're going to look at the challenge of the golf course and kind of what the key assets that the players will require in order to play well this year. Uh, then we're going to hear from a Sky Sports pundit, former European Tour player and uh, Masters player himself, Nick Doherty. Uh, I caught up with Nick about three weeks ago now and he was um, uh, sort of gearing himself up to be part of their breakfast show for Sky Sports. So um, we spoke to Nick about Augusta. Uh, then we'll come back to the studio here and we will discuss some of the contenders for 2016 because there are an awful lot of players who have got a very good chance of winning this year. Then we'll have our customary quiz. Uh, it's pretty tough this time, Nick. Okay, I'm ready. Um, and then we will, um, <laughs> and then we'll look at our personal bets for this year's Masters. So hopefully, by the end of this podcast, you should, um, hopefully, it whets the appetite for the tournament, and hopefully, have some um, thoughts on who you might want to put a few quid on. Uh, so let's start by looking at the golf course. Uh, very simple question for you both: Is Augusta National the best golf course in the world? Um, that's a, I think that's an impossible question to actually answer, but I'll give it a go. I mean, there's, there's so many different sorts of golf courses out there. Obviously, if you're a Lynx fan, then you're not going to say um, Augusta is the best golf course in the world. But I'll say it's, it's in more people's memories and thoughts than probably any other golf course because people just watch seen it so many times on TV. And because it's always there every single year, you get to see the same holes and the same vistas. Yeah, but it's not just the same holes. It's not just... it. As a as a golf course, as a, as a challenge of eighteen holes, it's it's very good. Oh, oh, it's yeah. exciting. Oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's 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 very exciting. And if that's the Masters is all about excitement and um, enjoyment. It's a, it's about having everything from double bogeys through to eagles. It's not a U.S. Open course where you know par. If you make par, you know that you're going well. Um, and there's moments throughout, you know, on a Sunday when people come into that 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 back nine stretch, you're hoping to see eagles and birdies, and they put pin placements to actually encourage that, don't they? So for that, I, whether it's the best golf course in the world, for me, it's the best. It's the golf course I'd like to play the most. Yeah. But whether it's the best Nick? golf in the world, I don't know. Yeah, I'd say probably yes to that question in terms of visuals and aesthetics, the layout itself, conditioning and history, and when you combine all those four facets together. I think I would say yes. Uh, what makes it such a good golf course? Variation, the potential for excitement, the fact that you need to hit every club in your bag, you need to have a great short game, you need to be so precise with approaches. It's not that tricky off the tee, so players are encouraged to hit driver quite a lot of the time as well, which I think is another factor that's often overlooked. So for all those reasons... Yeah, yeah. I, I think that if you're going to look at the best golf course in the world, I, I always like a golf course which is next to the sea um, and got those those views and stuff like that. But Augusta has its own very picturesque moments, whether it's the azaleas, which everyone keeps on going on about, uh, or just how green it seems to be. Do they paint it green? Do they, do they, have, do they, they spray it? it they, it's, they it's, have, it's awfully green. They colour the sand, I think. <laughs> yeah, all, about all those things. The they, sand. Have a special, they have a special sand that comes in. They also have the most incredible underground uh, aeration system yeah, that you, I mean, every now and again you'll hear when you're there. You, that you see these um, sort of like, they almost look like manholes, these drainage covers and actually what they're doing is help pumping air around the golf course and that and I, I think 
the only criticism I would have of Augusta is that it has a lot to answer for because it creates this kind of picture-perfect vision of what a golf course mm. should be that it maybe causes other golf courses around the world to try and uh, emulate that and actually maybe that's not what those golf courses need yeah. to be maybe it's not what those I'm sure golf there's, there's a lot of uh, greenkeepers at um, everyday <laughs> clubs who get a lot of members going up to them why can't you get your greens as green <laughs> as the masters yeah so well we haven't we're not quite dealing with the same uh, technologies quite that have the same budget either, yeah probably. exactly Indeed. but also timing in the schedule is important as well because for many it signals the start of the the playing golfing season and they're inspired because of the masters to get out there and start to play their first few rounds of the year especially the casual golfer as well so timing is important it is important and it's that thing of we all have the same experience where we watch the masters uh, late night uh, on the tv sunday night staying up late back nine gets very exciting it doesn't yeah. have to start until quite late so it's it's all part of the kind of the, mm. the, the mystique and the kind of excitement that follows it which if you were to it's got many great holes and many iconic holes holes that stand out more than any other golf course in the world i think you know you, when you look at the great holes of golf you, you think maybe the road hole at st andrews you think of the 17th at pebble beach but you could think of quite a few at augusta that everyone can can bring to mind for you two what would be the best hole on the golf course um, I think you've got to talk about 12. It's the one I think everybody uh, talks about. Um, it doesn't. It, it talks about it actually. Yeah, it, it doesn't look for that. You know, it's uh, how many yards? I don't know how many yards. It's only about 145. There's a scorecard right behind, behind you there. Here we go. Uh, one five five. One five five. So you think? Oh, one five five is just a. It's a nine nine. Nine nine for those guys, isn't it? But they. So many people come up a cropper there. They either go long into the. The bushes are obviously shorter than water, which is always the most dramatic thing. And you know, the whole mystique about aiming corner. Um, it's just, especially now where they've got the, the aiming corner live almost during the day when you're at work, you can watch that. You can get to see that almost all the time. People just love it. You should be working, Tom. They, oh, well, well, well uh, technically, I work for golf, <laughs> I work for golf magazine, you so are. I kind of am. Um, <laughs> but um, no, I think that's the whole. I think that m most people would like to. I think have, if they had to play one hole at Augusta, I think that would be the one they would have a crack at. Yeah. Um, Nick? Take the equation. Between 11 and 15 for me, I love that approach when you see the players on the top of the hill on the 11th and they're facing this brutally difficult shot with water left and the horrible green and if you bail out right, you're in serious trouble unless you've got a great short game. But then 15 is, I think, an underrated hole because if you don't go for that green in two, you're facing a hideously difficult sort of half wedge off a downhill lie over water. Yeah. So I really enjoy the excitement of that. It, it's the sort of it's the archetypal um, risk reward hole, isn't it? Fifteen because um, you can make eagle there, but if you yeah. overhit your second or if you just yeah, or don't quite catch it, that's it. And you can also you go long with your second and find water over the green over the back, yeah. as well. Yeah. Just happened a couple of I mean, times. Amen Corn is amazing. People love a golf hole with a bit of water on it and a bit of huge danger in it because we've all been there. We've nobbled a, a wedge into the into the lake at the, in front of a green, and on all of those holes, it's got it's got that that real danger in there. On that note, uh, did, off bit off topic. Did you see Angel Cabrera the other day at the Arnold Palmer? where he was on the 16th hole of the par five with a ditch short of the green. He was about 60 yards short of the green. He managed to duff his chip so it stayed short of the hazard. <laughs> <laughs> Happened to us all. <laughs> Did he then Good work for Michael. They, they then promptly stopped showing him. <laughs> um, the Masters is famous for its most 
extraordinary moment. I think if, when you look at, through the annals of golfing history, many of the big moments that you remember, many of the moments that spring to mind, have taken place at Augusta. There are so many to think of. For you two, what would be your most memorable Augusta moments, do you think? I'm going to nip in ahead of Nigel again. Nick stroke Nigel. Nick stroke Nigel. The transition, should we should stick with one or the other now. Should we well, just call you Nigel? No, call me Nigel. No, we'll, we'll call you whatever you comes out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> whether it be uh, good for the watershed or not. Um, <laughs> the Tiger's chipping is, is the moment which I always... I, I, was, I was think about this earlier, I think there's a few moments I really do remember at the Masters, but I, nothing goes past Nothing that. beats Tiger's chipping for you? No, nothing at all. It mainly because I remember just sitting in my... Uh, the sitting room at my family house with all my brothers, and we all had like, you know, a couple of quid on a as you do on the, the final day, like you can have a couple of quid and a marker, I'll have Tiger Woods or whatever. And, and a um, few cans of Fosters on board. Of course, and um, <laughs> Cause Light, I think, oh. is the, uh, <laughs> the tipple of choice at the moment. But, um, and that, that chip, that moment, where you think, oh, Tiger's he's going to lose the Masters. I can't believe Chris DeMarco's going to win it. Yeah, because DeMarco was in close, well, yeah, yeah. close inch, wasn't he? 12, oh, yeah, 15 six, feet yeah, under the Something hole. like that, 10-footer for a birdie. Tiger looked like he was struggling to make par. Suddenly, Tiger chips in, this amazing chip in, you know, so dramatic, you know, is it going to just rolls into the hole with a Nike tick? Yeah. Disappearing into the cup. The marker misses his boat putt and it's all turned C- around. Certainly, if you're looking to get um, excited by the Masters, I would advise definitely do a search for that chip on YouTube. Listen to the commentary as well. Yeah. The In Your Life, ever have you ever seen? In Your Life, have you seen anything like that? Good, good, good impression. Thanks for that. <laughs> Uh, that, that, for, for me, for me, okay. that, that was that's the. But I think that's the best moment. I think it's probably one of the best moments in golf ever. Really, um, there's not. There is. There's always going to be the odd. I mean, bad fist bump. Well, yeah, soured the moments. Like, <laughs> if anything, that makes more. Yeah, he lost <laughs> control of his emotions a bit yeah. there, hadn't he? What about you? I sort of quite an obscure one. I I remember one of the not one of the first. Is this why? Yeah, it's not why. Yeah, that was 2009 PJ. <laughs> Best shot ever. Uh, 2003, Len Matisse surging through the field on the bat nine uh, forced his way into a playoff with Mike Weir, who hold absolutely everything from about eight feet and in that week. That's one that always sticks in my mind because everyone talks these days about the Masters being a golf course that's perfectly suited for the long hitter. Mike Weir hold absolutely everything and went on to win. And I just remember watching that uh, in my younger days. Wouldn't have made it onto my list, but there you go. Another one being Adam Scott's just a, a normally quite laid-back, reserved guy. His outpouring of emotion when he hold that birdie putt on 18. He obviously thought he'd won it. Then Cabrera went, this is 2013, then Cabrera went and birdied the last as well and they went into a playoff. But just seeing that emotion from Scott was something that yeah. you very seldom see from him. It was just a great moment. You know, every year you get something, don't you? I yeah. mean, you had Bubba's hooked Bubba. wedge around yeah, the trees, was, which yeah. was just extraordinary. And Louis, um, he had an albatross, albatross that year. Yeah. Yeah. Rory whacking it. Into sideways off house. the yeah. tee, yeah. and then yeah. uh, and then having a complete and utter meltdown. Um, it is extraordinarily exciting for yeah. me. The probably the most iconic image in golf <coughs> is the Tiger fist pump, and the best Tiger fist pump of all time. Two thousand five, exactly. Yeah, yeah. In his red, yeah, holds the putt yeah. across the green. Um, but then, if you extend that further, Tiger's first ever mm. major win, the '97 Masters, mm. where he just destroyed the field yeah. and won. Yeah. He broke all the, the Augusta records. Again, it just it seems to have this this way of capturing the moment, doesn't it, Augusta? If you're going to do something big in golf, you, you can't go through your career without doing it, Augusta. Definitely. Another one, the Larry Ma. I forget which year. Larry yes. Ma is chipping in was a great moment too. Yeah. And him 
hopping up in the air after <laughs> throwing his hat around. Yeah. <laughs> Poor old Greg Norman. Poor old Greg. I'm sure you were even born then, Nick. But I was. So, <laughs> so what's the what specifically is the challenge of Augusta then? I think distance control with approaches is important. Yes, I agree. Because Not there are so many slopes you would necessarily no. think about. I, no. I think Augusta is a second shot golf course. Yeah, I, I think yeah, and I agree with that as well. Actually, um, I know we now all agree with each other. I think the first time <laughs> ever. But they also on about oh no no about the greens. The greens are greens. Yeah, you've got to have a great short game. You've got to have a great short game. But if you put the ball in the right part of the green, then you leave yourself with much easier easier putts. And the greens are perfect, so anyone will hold putts. Yeah. And obviously that is intertwined with long hitting because it's easier to hit the right portion of the green if you're going in with more loft. Yeah, I always take I always use Lee Westwood as the example in this scenario because Lee not not renowned as having the best short game in world golf. You know, managed to get to world Mm. number one a little bit despite his short game. You know, it it was good but it wasn't one of the best in the world. His long game was fantastic and it was that second shot control that always put him in the right position, that always enables him to have a relatively straightforward putt, whereas other players, doesn't matter, you could be Brad Faxon yeah. and not have a chance in some of the places yeah. that you find yourself on the green. And also knowing where to miss, so making sure that if you do miss the green, you miss it on the right side as well, which also comes with experience, which as we know is crucial given that there are only, what, three first time winners? Name them. Uh, Fuzzy Zeller, the first two winners, Horton Smith and whoever won it in 1935. Well, I can't confirm or deny. I I think Fuzzy Zeller is right, I know that, but yeah, congratulations. Thank you. So, part of the quiz. Yeah, no, you can see it does require experience, it requires um, that sort of bit of nous that, that goes with, and I think also just the being able to rise to the challenge when it's such a special place and the crowds there are, it's a unique experience playing there. I think it takes a couple of goes just to get your head around it. So yeah. like you're, I mean, you're often overawed when you go there for the first time. That's what you hear a lot of the players saying is they couldn't fully concentrate on the task at hand because they kept looking around and saying, oh wow, I've seen, look, it's, uh, it's a butler cabin or something that I've seen on the TV and heard all these stories about and you actually find it very difficult to focus on your own game. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, before we hear from Nick Doherty, a, qu- a quick question. Do you think the 2016 Masters will miss Tiger Woods if he doesn't play? There's still a little bit of conjecture out there as to whether Tiger will and won't play. If he chooses not to play, which I think he probably will, but remains to be seen. Do you think the, the Masters will miss Tiger this year? Yes. Any, I think any golf tournament with Tiger Woods in the field is a better tournament for that um, because of the history that now he brings to the game and actually how, especially at Augusta, he plays Augusta so well. Um, I'm not sure, I haven't got his record in front of me here, but he has a ridiculous amount of top fives there. Even when he was coming back from injury a couple of years ago, two, three years ago, he managed to finish fifth. Scandal, uh, coming back from scandal as well. Well, exactly. So his first tournament back. He is very, very good round that yeah. golf course, no doubting about it. He's won it five times at Augusta. Um, no. We've got a Michael Vaughan moment. 97. Anyway, four. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, whatever it is, you know, he's obviously incredible round that golf course. Um, so, and I think Augusta would love to have him there. Also, he's one of those. I think he's one of those places where he can just get on with the tournament. He doesn't maybe have as much pressure as a normal PGA Tour event with the the type of 
patron that they have in there uh, and the place that they can. Although yeah, not to say that's not probably. That's yeah, I think point. he can. He's just that's a place where he go, he knows he goes there. He's loved. He can. He can be left he, alone. He can be but, left but alone. The enjoy. opposite argument would be: this year we are having an incredible golfing season so sure. far. We've seen Scott win. We've seen Day win. We've seen Mickelson come close. We've you know had Ricky Fowler, Fowler doing well. Fowler, Watson, it, 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 exactly. Watson is wonderful. The the excitement for the 2006 Masters, I would say, is probably greater than any other year I I've experienced. Yeah. It um, is, but quite simply. Every tournament misses Tiger Woods if he's not yeah. playing. Commercially, from a viewership perspective, in terms of excitement, no. In terms of those other factors, I think yes, still. Yeah, and I think especially if on the first two days we're talking pre-cut. Obviously, if we go pre-cut here, where obviously the, the field is mixed up, Tiger will. If Tiger was playing, they would obviously show a lot of his his shots. And whether he's contending or not come the Saturday, then that's a different story. But then the story for that Masters will then develop. Obviously. But, <laughs> the TV stations will always show Tiger's shots because obviously he's very popular. But um, I, you know, I think if he was to suddenly announce that he's playing in the next few hours, or whatever, it would be brilliant. It would be. It would be. <laughs> I think it would make an already, uh, already a tournament which I'm really, really excited about because there's so many people playing well. I think it would just, you know, up it even further. Take it off the scale. Well, it remains to be seen. Keep an eye. Keep your eyes peeled. I'm sure you'll hear about it from all sorts of different places. But we will have. Uh, any news on that front uh, on the various different golf monthly channels so um, keep your eyes peeled on our Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, all the other feeds um, that we have. Um, but now we're going to go over and listen to Nick Doherty. So I caught up with Nick uh, now a couple of weeks ago. Um, we were uh, in um, the Lynx Golf HQ in London uh, where we um, Nick had been hitting a few balls on a simulator and then we, we, we stopped and, um, and we discussed the, the Masters for 10 or 15 minutes. He's got some great insights so um, I'll hand over to Nick. Right, so I'm joined by a very special guest, Mr. Nick Doherty. Nick, how are you? I'm very good, thanks, yeah. Good, and um, Nick, I want to speak to you a little bit about the Masters and some of your Masters experiences and kind of what you're expecting this year. But before we do, um, just paint a little scene for people about where we're sitting, where we are. Well, we're at Lynx headquarters uh, and we've just been having a look at some of the new equipment that's coming out um, for this season and, and the future of what we're trying to do here. So it's a fun time. We're in the simulator room and we've been hitting a few balls as well. Yeah. So it's been good fun. You were hitting it very nicely. Not bad, considering <laughs> I haven't hit a ball in about six weeks. So um, yeah, I'm not playing as much now as I used to, but it's uh, still a great fun for me. I love getting the clubs back out. Uh, and, and looking specifically at the Masters, um, it's a question I quite often like to ask um, players, people who've been there. What, what, what's your first memories of the Masters, sort of watching it on TV as a young lad? Do you remember those, those times when you were... Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah you know, I remember... The, I mean, one of my fondest memories, actually, is the, is the last Faldo win, you know, and um, oh, yeah. I just think that watching him do that was pretty remarkable, especially because I had a bit of a history with him um, after that, uh, course, with, yeah. with what he went on to, to do with the Faldo Junior Series and what have you. But yeah, I mean, I grew up watching that tournament um, back in the day, it was the bat nine, wasn't it? You only really got to see the bat nine. And I think that was one of the things that really stood out to me when the first time I went there, is that I knew the holes because you, you've seen them the odd time in yeah. some coverage at the Masters, but I didn't really know the front nine. Um, whereas these days, we see <laughs> them all, point. and yeah, everyone knows the all the holes, you know, <laughs> especially now with Sky having it, we, we, we cover all 18, so it's, uh, and beyond. So it, it's, it's amazing, uh, turning up there for the first time, it was one of the only places, I think quite often in golf you hear these stories about places, three places I've been in my life, 
that I've absolutely lived up to and gone beyond um, what I thought they would be, and that'd be Pebble Beach, St Andrews, and Augusta. Augusta. Um, all three of those places, they're even more of a wow factor. And I remember my first practice, I went there two weeks before uh, the Masters in 2008, and um, to see the course. So you get that wow factor out of the way. You don't, but you try to get that wow right. factor out of the way. <laughs> and uh, walking over the hill uh, on 11, uh, it's a special moment in your career. It's just like, that's a view that... So, t so talk us through it. So you, you, you walk through the sort of the very tight avenue of trees, isn't it, on the 11th tee? Yeah. As you get to the top of the crest of the hill. Yeah. What do you see as your... Well, you look down into a main corner and you can see, um, I mean, you look down and you can see 13 bending around back around the trees as well. You can see Ray's Creek wobbling along in front of those yeah. trees. And then, of course, right in, the, in front of you, almost just a tiny bit to your right hand side, you're looking at 12 green in the backdrop and you can see the river running or Ray's Creek that runs across in front of it. Um, and then, of course, you're looking down the hill into the 11th, and of course, remind you, of course, the great moments Faldo had on that green with, you know, when he when he of won course, there as yeah. well with Floyd and and Hoke. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, yeah, you, you think you're part of history, and you're playing some of uh, it's hallowed turf in a, in a golfer's mind, and you know, you know, because you can't just rock up there, you can't pay your thousand bucks and play Augusta. Um, you have to get there, and most players, sure, you could know a member maybe, but. Most people are going to get to go there when they've achieved what you need to achieve. And for me, that was being top 50 in the world. Um, uh, top 10 in, in, a, in the US Open the year before was the yep. first how I first got in, but I was also top 50 in the world. Uh, and you know you're going for your first Masters. And I think actually that finish that I had at the US Open in 07 that got me into the Masters, it wasn't any bigger that than it was knowing that I was going to really? the Masters yeah. next year because you're just like that's the one that you want to play <laughs> and um, yeah you know I've only played it once and, and that's disappointing but um, I've been I've enjoyed it I made the cut and it yeah. was one of the greatest experiences How, are you able to get down to the business of playing golf that week or are you, you are yeah, yeah you are I, I think so I know that was the main reason for going there a couple of weeks before I played a couple of practice rounds took a local caddy as well uh, who knew all the possible flags? About six options they used. I mean, now and then they throw a brand new one in, but yeah. there's about six options they use for all the greens. And you know, we spent on the second day we went. Then the third day we went there. We did just. It took four hours playing nine holes, and, and we just <laughs> literally yeah. around every green, hitting every single possible shot right. from every single possible position. And you, it, the thing is, because the greens are so quick and there's so much undulation there, your creativity doesn't know those sort of levels yeah um, because you'll say hit it up there and it looks like a subtle little slope but you can use that slope and then it catches a slightly bigger slope and before you know it the ball's 50 feet further away from what, than where you hit it in a completely yeah. different place and you think wow I'd never have walked up here and thought that's how I need to go this way I need to hit it at right angles to the hole up that bank use that slope and that's the only way to get it close because if you go directly at the hole you can't stop the ball and it's learning that stuff and that sort of creativity is something that I, I really enjoy and it, and it provides you with opportunity for that playing at Augusta. And was there anything about it, um, I, I guess, on course and off course different to what you were expecting? Yeah, I mean, the whole vibe when you turn up there, you go and sit in the restaurant and you've heard all these stories <laughs> well from the, from the pros um, when they've gone there that... If you if you do something wrong, you get a warning. And, um, okay, really, yeah. Yeah, from one of the green jackets, which is fair <laughs> enough. Um, and if you do something wrong again, then you you know there's quite often the sort of you know three strikes and you're out policy, right. and you're not coming back. And they reserve that right to not invite you back to the Masters. And so you do kind of think, not that you're going to do anything bad, but you do think, oh my god, I hope I don't upset <laughs> anyone while I'm here. 
Um, but having breakfast in, in the trophy room there at Augusta when I went for these practice rounds, you know, there's no menu or anything. The, guy, the chef comes out and says, what would you like? And I was like, I haven't been given a menu yet, please. And he was just like, well, there's no menu. What do you want? I was like, well, this, that's pretty special. Um, and it's just the whole environment, seeing, looking out there. The weird thing about going two weeks before is that there's no fans. So when you get to the holes like the 18th, it's just a green in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. It's just grass yeah. everywhere. Whereas, of course, that's all framed by spectators. It, and when we see it on TV, it's framed by spectators. So seeing it when it's not and it's just all members club, oh, really weird. Because you're like, well, it's just this expanse of grass out in your front. You're like, where are the holes? And you're like, oh, well, there's nine. The flat. And it's just because you're at the clubhouse and you can't quite see bunkers because you're looking that way from the clubhouse you can't see anything it's just a flag stuck in some grass yeah yeah and you think wow that's it but yet the holes themselves still have that uh i mean i didn't get to play the course before when there was no rough but even now it's not particularly thick yeah. and it's just it's, it's an amazing piece of terrain and the the golfing architecture is amazing because the opportunity for disaster there was so great and it's su it's subtle it just sneaks up on you and bites yeah, you yeah and y your your masters can be over in a heartbeat and mine nearly was i hit it on the on the 12th hole i'll try and keep short the story short i had made birdie on 11 in my second well, round 11 is one of the hardest holes yeah i hit pulled a three iron to three feet it was the front <laughs> left flag that's how long that hole is pulled a three iron to three feet in the end thing it's going in the water <laughs> knock it in for birdie so i'm first up on 12 on the second day and the wind's all over the place so when I played the practice there a couple of weeks before, there was no wind at all. And I'm knocking it on, I was like, what's the big deal here? I mean, it's a nine iron or an eight iron into the middle of the green, yeah. it's over the bunker, a big old target, it's no big deal. So people just go on about this hole, it's no big deal. <laughs> Get there and this wind's everywhere. And I'm looking at the flag on 11, and that's blowing a different way to the flag on 12, and that's going a different way to the way I can actually feel the winds. And I'm like, oh my God, and I'm first up. And it's a front left flag. So you have to kind of be a bit great. It's weird hitting it over the bunker to a front left flag because you're hitting a club too much. Yeah. So if you pull it a bit, and I've, I'm, when I see a flag, my I get drawn to it. Right. I'm never very disciplined <laughs> at hitting for middle of the green. So I'm like, I'll hit a nine iron for it, it. It's it feels like there's not much wind really helping. So I just a smooth nine iron in there. Pitch is halfway up the bushes at the back. Oh my god. Oh no. So now I go back to the bar. What do I do? It's not a hazard. Next guys hit. They hit nine iron. Perfect on the green. I'm like that wind held their ball up. So I go and I said, I'm going to have to hit provisional. So I stand there with the provisional ball. Feels the same. And I'm thinking, oh no. It's, I'm going to have to hit 9 iron again. again. So I hit it again. I hit it exactly the same. Goes in the water. <laughs> Hits the top of the bank. Rolls back into the water. I, and I promise you, I struck both of them exactly the same. And that is the challenge. Because it's just like, I mean, it's just... 15 yards difference. I was like, I did the same shot. And that was, it blew me away. Anyway, I found that ball on 4 minutes and 30 seconds. <laughs> And I'm in the middle of a rhododendron bush or an azalea bush up in, in those back trees and managed to get it, go up, I have to drop it right up on the bank, I chip it into the guy, make a double bogey and then I birdie four of my last six holes to actually end up um, going into the weekend and I think I was 12th or 13th. But in a heartbeat, Gosh. if I hadn't found yeah. that first ball, 30 more seconds and I'm making an eight yeah. or, or more on that hole and uh, your Masters is over. And I think that's one of the things that we love to watch about that event. And it, it looks simple and you, you know what, on your day you can tear that place up. Um, right. But when you're not on your day, it will chew you up and spit you out. Um, and Nick, looking at this year's mm. Masters, and it's, it, it is shaping up to be one of the, the greats, isn't it? Because yeah. you've got all of these young guys coming through and you've got the likes of Bubba who plays golf in his own specific mm. way. And you've yeah. got Dustin Johnson, who's great to watch as yeah. well. Um, who, who do you fancy, firstly, of those favourites? I think it's really hard to pick a winner at the moment um, because they're all playing so well. Um, Emotionally, I'd like Rory to win. 
um, because I think it would be nice for him to have all the four. Yeah, uh, and that's the one he's most likely to win. To win. He, he will win he's one. He's absolutely he dead suited to that goal. And he will win. He yeah. will win there. Um, it would just be nice if it happened sooner rather than later because I think if he starts getting to 35 and he still hasn't got it, which it won't happen, but then also becomes a coach like, oh my God, I have to win this tour. It's built yeah. for me and it really is built for him. He's trending in the right direction at the moment. His game is looking very solid. Okay, he had a poor weekend. Uh, sorry, he had a poor Sunday um, at Riviera, but th this, that was the start of his build-up I'd imagine you know decent round at the Honda to start that event, and, and he's moving the right direction with his game, yeah. and he's playing some good golf. So I think he's going to be ready for it. Jason Day, I mean, he's another one that again built is built for him that golf course, yeah. hits it long and and, and well with a the draw. driver. Yeah, loves to move the ball right to left, like you say, uh, puts well. You know, you'd have to say he puts better than Rory. So on his day, I think he's. I mean. I really felt this season it would be between Rory and Jason. Uh, obviously, that I said that in a week when Jordan Spieth went and shot 30 under par to win in Hawaii. So, seems to be, yeah. I'm not a great predictor of these sort of things. But, um, you know, Jordan Spieth gets his putting boots on again. You can put really well around that golf course. Um, you're going to do well. Simple as that. And I think his long game is actually better than last year at the moment. I don't think he's quite holding the amount of putts at the moment. Right, and he's okay. been doing, he's played a lot of golf recently. Um, but yeah, then you look at guys like Bubba, he already has success there. You know, he loves to work the ball. He's got the distance. Dustin Johnson hits a high bomber's draw. I mean, built for him as well. Any one of those guys. No, me, well, <laughs> that's the point is that it, it's a pick one. I, I think literally it's, you know, roll the dice with those guys. But you'd be surprised if Rory wasn't in the shake-up or somewhere. I think he's about. got to be, yeah. yeah. I mean, anyone can have a bad week, but I really think he will be. Uh, if I have to, if you had pinned it on me to have to pick a guy, and that was my prediction when I did it for Sky, it'd be Rory McIlroy. Okay, uh, and then the non-favourites. So the mm. group of players who maybe some of the guys who've been up there in the past. There's so many, isn't there? That mm. guys that could come from the um, some sort of from the the background, as it were, to to contend. Yeah. Who do you like the look of? Um, well, again, they're not really background players because they're playing so well at the moment. But I, I a couple of English lads um, without a lot of experience there, um, or one with virtually no experience, would be Andy Sullivan. I think he might have played last year, actually. Um, but Danny Willett's going back there as yes. well. Uh, I think both of those players, very confident um, in, in a nice way, uh, playing great golf, so they, they feel comfortable at the moment, like to shake the ball, both of them. Um, hit the ball a good way, both of them. I think they're going to do well. Whether or not they've got the game to go on and win there, I think experience counts for so much. I was going to say, could, could you could you see one of them going there so early in their possibly. career? Possibly, yeah. It's golf, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> I mean, all that sort of... I grew up in a... When my dad was always like, you've got to serve your apprenticeship before you get your first... But no, you don't. No, you don't. Um, <laughs> I understand that, and I like the concept of serving your apprenticeship because it feels like you, you, your career, you have wins, and certain players have done that. Justin Rose is one of those guys. Yeah. You know, you he, he's it, just, uh, yeah. Edge up. Not everyone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Pablo Larafabal, I mean, he hasn't done that. You know, he came <laughs> straight and wins the French Open. Yeah. You know what I mean? From nowhere. And um, that's the nature, and that's why it's a beautiful game, is that you, you never know. And um, could one of those guys win it? Yeah. Um, I mean, I haven't looked at the exemption. I assume Westwood can, is. Still playing. Uh, pass. I tell you what, I'll mention it in the podcast. I'll yeah. have a little look. We'll I think, mention it. Yeah, because yeah. I just get a good. I don't know if Lee, because I know he was hovering around that 50 yeah. mark. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And do you know what? I think he might be in. He was, it was the week, the cutoff week. I think he was in, in the he top snuck 50, in. wasn't he? Yeah. Well, I hope so, because um, if there was, uh, I mean, Lee could win the Open easily, but um, I, I would like to see someone like Lee Westwood, who does have a lot of experience, 
Um, still nick a major championship. I think he, he's earned it. He's, he's played great golf. But again, as we've said, golf doesn't really care whether you feel like you've earned it or not. Um, <laughs> so he may or may not get it. But I think, I think he's going to have a chance somewhere along the way. Could it be at the Masters year? Possibly. And Nick will be able to see you on Sky Sports doing the, the Masters breakfast this I year. I am, yeah. I will be there playing the holes in the simulator, making them look very easy <laughs> um, without any wind whatsoever <laughs> and probably having more than one go if it goes wrong. Uh, but I will be up against David Howell, who is playing a lot of golf and playing very nicely, so I've got my work cut out for me. <laughs> well, we'll look forward to that. Uh, Nick, thanks for joining us. Thanks very much. Okay, so that was Nick Doherty. Um, time for us now to turn our attention to the contenders at this year's Masters. Now, Tom, I see you have the odds in front of you. I also have the odds here. Nick, uh, have you got the odds? Oh. Nick doesn't have Failure to prepare again. Um, again? Excuse <laughs> me. Gents. Besmirching my good name. This year, more than any <laughs> other year, there is potentially great value out there because so many of the likely Augusta contenders are playing well. Not everyone can be the absolute favourites. So there, is, there, is, um, there is value to be had. Um, before we get into who our individual bets would be, um, Tom, why don't you start as the, the man who writes our betting guide. Um, thoughts on picking the right man. Is it harder this year or is it easier? I think it's, I think it's very hard to pick the winner because I think there's... I think we, we mentioned this before the podcast, but there's about 13 names. If any of them won the Masters, you go, well, you know what, That's you could probably, you saw that one coming, which I, is very rare. Last year, Jordan Spieth obviously won, and I remember this very, very clearly that um, he went off quite early, I think, on the Thursday. He was off on a late Thursday, early but Friday. That's it, it, that's yeah. it, it was late Thursday, yeah, and Nick Friday. wandered in, meandered into the office Friday morning, as, as he does. <laughs> Wobbled in. And he went, <laughs> he, goes, he goes, Jordan Spieth has already ruined this year's Masters, <laughs> because he had, he, had, he, had so a couple, well. he was playing so well, and he had a couple of shots lead straight away. I he was, think he was three under or something for his second round after about nine yeah. holes and three so, or four so shots. Nick, yeah. Nick was wondering, was he, he had his whole weekend <laughs> planned ahead, he was going to... You know, wanted an exciting finish on Sunday, and he meandered in the Friday morning, and and you were right because he did. In the end, there was a few. He did ruin the Masters. He did ruin. <laughs> he, did ruin <laughs> he did ruin the Masters. It, it was a great performance, and there was he wasn't didn't go all his way. He had a few moments. Where but it wasn't the most exciting Masters. No, it, it wasn't was, because it was, on that because final round, Rose could never quite get close enough to no. him. No, there was always a two shot cushion yeah. or a three shot. And cushion. like on Saturday, I think it was Saturday we got up and down on eighteen from. Nowhere. From right. Exactly. Yeah, oh, he's going to drop himself. a shot here. He's going to be a bit close. Oh, he's got, he's got to yeah. wait there. So, but so anyway, so going back to the question, was, <laughs> uh, what was the question? Uh, <laughs> who to pick out for and who to look out for. And I think the last few years, although Jordan Speak isn't the longest off the tee, but he's not exactly short. Um, and I always look at Bubba Watson. Bubba Watson is known for his... Uh, his superb driving and also his shot shaping, yeah. uh, i.e. his control of the golf ball around the course. And as we've already mentioned in the podcast, we think it's actually kind of a second shot course where you know, you've got to put the ball in the right areas in the green and then you can let the putter work. And if your putter's hot, then obviously any, any tournament you, you're going to do well. So I think looking at people who are striking the ball well, driving the ball especially well uh, is where... You know, t to look for value. Also, if you've done well around the course before, I think it's shown before that there are lots of multiple winners of it. Mickelson, uh, Bubba Watson, you know, for example. 
So um, those would be the, the, the key, the keys that I would particularly look out for when looking for who to pick. Um, Nick, any thoughts on um, the, the outsiders, I guess? The, there are so many favourites this year. Yeah, I can the outsiders don't look great value to me when you think about the stack of stack of players who are within the thirty to one bracket and inside. Yeah, I um, can see someone just going out there with an extremely aggressive mindset and saying, "Look, the relative lack of trouble off the tee is going to influence me to hitting driver on many occasions," and just going out there and trying to make a, a ton of birdies. And I think looking at people like J.B. Holmes, Justin Thomas, Brooks. Kepka, those are the sort of three guys yeah. I would look at because they're both they're all enormously long off the tee, fairly solid on and around the greens. And I can just see this year someone just saying, right, you know, I'm going to take the ball by the horns and go and try and make loads of birdies and try and win this tournament. Brooks Kupka is actually one I've got circled here as well, and he's one I think yeah, he's fifty to one. I also thought that. Well, yeah, that's that's it's just basically looking who's who's driving the ball brilliantly on the PJ Tour. To be honest, with you. it's not rocket science. Brooks Kupka, if he's driving the ball as well as he can, will be hitting pitching wedge into yeah. all par fours virtually. Maybe not the, probably even the eleventh, maybe not the tenth, uh, and hitting seven, eight, nine yeah. irons into some of the par fives as well. But he, uh, unfortunately, he's game's not been 100% on all season. So, so the hits wise 50 to 1. So two, two, two players I'd like to mention now are Rory and John Spieth. Um, let's start with Rory. Do you think Rory, his early season form has, has it's been a bit of a mystery to me, I must say. He's done, he looks like he's played well enough to have won two or three times and yet there seems to be a worrying thing going on with Rory at the moment. Well, maybe it's not worrying. Maybe it's just one of those things. Maybe just, he just hasn't won for whatever reason. Yeah. Someone's either beaten him or he's just had a, a bad moment yeah. at the wrong time. But I don't think it's particularly concerning. Early on in the season, he struggled to putt and then he fixed his putting and then started hitting the ball left. But he seems to have ironed <laughs> these things out now. That. He was hitting some brilliant shots at the match play and his putting is way better than it was a couple of months ago. If, if I'm honest with you, if, he was, if, that, was, if that was Brooks Kupka, and he'd had the start that Rory had, then we'd be absolutely going berserk about him. He'd be less than 50 to 1. Well, quite. But it's because it's Rory, and we expect so much of him, that's the issue. If anything, his game looks you know, right on cue. Looks as good as it has looked yeah. all season. I mean, at he's played very, very well. He so you, think, you both think he's ready to win? Yeah, then. I mean, he's, he's, just, he's top five every week. He's hitting the ball a long, long way. He's got the game... It's just whether he can bring it all together. Do you think there's any residual kind of mental scarring without wanting to <laughs> overstate it from what happened in 2011? No, I don't Now he's won majors, he I don't fourth, think so. He finished fourth last season? Fifth? I think he was top five. And, um, but could this be the monkey on his back? Could this be the one tournament well, it, well, that every year... Look. Because every t time Rory tees it up at Augusta, people remember, A, what happened in 2011, B, talk about how the golf course could not be more made for him, and then see, question whether he'll ever be able to, to, yeah. to get over but the line there. Well, it, it is the monkey on his back, if he's going to have a monkey, because he's won everything else. Yeah. He's, he's got to world number one, he's won Ryder Cups, he's won the other majors. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, I'm Less sure there's other things on his, on his list he wants to do. But that is, yeah. that is right at the top of it. So there's obvious pressure on it. Less but pressure than last year, though, for two reasons. Firstly, there's so many people playing well that attention will naturally be divided yeah. elsewhere and secondly last year was all about can Rory complete the career grand slam at coming off his amazing 2014 season now a year has passed since then so I don't think he'll be facing as much scrutiny no, he certainly won't he certainly won't um, but I think it's like it's, it's worth saying that um, 
as a member of the British golf press, we'd all like to see Rory go, well, I don't think there's any... You know, uh, without doubt, um, and when I place a bet on the golf tournament and Rory's at the top of the top of the, uh, the leaderboard and he's going toe-to-toe with one of my tips, it's very hard not to still want Rory to do well. <laughs> Sorry, he's got five on him anyway. But, um, <laughs> um, okay, so the other one then is Jordan Spieth. Is, is Spieth. is Spieth putting well enough to win? Not at the moment, but that doesn't say... That doesn't suggest that he's not going to putt well enough at Augusta. It varies week to week, doesn't it? Uh, listen, his putting hasn't been on the same level as it was last year, but that is not to say it won't be next week. His putting, putting last year was the best ever. Everyone, and he putt very you, when, well when, on when you were in, um, where were you? In the Middle East somewhere, and you're asking everybody what part of their game would they take from any other golfer. They all said George Spieth's putting, putting. Because it was on fire. He's he putts very well on fast greens as well. His yeah. Augusta finishes... Second and first, yeah. not bad. Well, no, exactly, and that's why you can't. That's why he. Well, he's not favourite. He's second favourite. He's. What are his odds? He Tom? is. Hang on, let me do the maths. He's thirteen to two. Thirteen to two, he is. Thirteen to two, and Jason Day. Jason Day six to one. So, just outside Day, but he doesn't make many mistakes either. He doesn't tend to make and too many double seen, bogeys, which his, obviously you have to avoid. His major maybe. performances. He doesn't. He don't, he's not a spectacular golfer. He's just great about timing, staying there with the field, with the leaders, and then when it comes to the crunch on, on Sundays, he's, he suddenly puts in a bit of a burst, holds those putts when he, when he most needs them. So. Yeah, he hasn't holed as many sort of 15 to 25 foot putts as he has last season, which he did a lot in his two major wins. So I think it'll hinge on that. Yeah. If he starts holding those mid-range putts, then the rest of the field is in, is in danger. Yeah. If you yeah. look at the top 10 people the, the shortest odds, you wouldn't. He wouldn't be the one that stands out. And go, do you know what? I'm going to fancy this year. But I don't think that that's the kind of golfer he is. I think we'd all be very shocked if he didn't finish inside the top ten. Well, we wait and see. We will Indeed. wait and see. I can't wait. And um, we we will get onto our bets and our picks for the um, for the tournament soon. But before we get to that, it's time for a quiz. Um, gents, can yes. you um, please turn over any pads, any notes? Um, <laughs> I haven't even got anything on here. Right, so this, this week's quiz uh, consists of seven questions each. It's a bumper quiz. Seven questions each. No, don't look at that. Tom's looking at the score. Trying to glean clues from the room. <laughs> here, don't look at that. Um, seven questions. And the, to- the, um, the topics are fashion. <laughs> Good start for us, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> you particularly. Food and drink. Nick looks like he's been dressed in the dark this morning. <laughs> What's wrong with what I'm wearing? They can be started. Uh, anyway, controversy, horticulture. Oh wow! Um, facts and figures, first timers, and lucky dip. So I don't like the sound of those categories Not very right. much, especially horticulture. We'll see. Um, now again, as always, Tom, can I borrow your pen, please? Oh, look at this. As always. The quality of the quiz depends on how well I'm able to read my handwriting. True. Uh, I did write these, um, I've written these on a small bit of paper, so I've had to squish my handwriting even <laughs> no more than usual. Spared, yeah, yeah. So, um, so we'll see how we get. Okay, so who wants to start? I'll start. Okay, you get the first raft of questions, which if I had to pick, I'd say were probably the harder yes. of questions, but we'll see. Um, Nick. Mm. Uh, which of your topics would you like to go for first? Fashion, I'll get horticulture food and drink. out of the way, please. Horticulture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Within the nearest five feet, 
How tall was Eisenhower's tree? Ah, right. Okay. <laughs> Eisenhower's Within tree. Within the nearest five feet. It fell over. Yeah. In the wind. It fell over. It went down in Is the wind. Is that a technical term? No, maybe it didn't. They, they it fell. Blew it blew down? It, um, I think it was fell. That's it was it, to the left of 17, wasn't it? It was damaged, wasn't it? Yeah. 87 feet. Uh, it was 65 feet. So that's unfortunately wrong. Um, Thomas. I'll go for horticulture. Where is Ike's Pond? Oh, that's an easier question. I did say Where is Ike's Pond? might be harder. Is, is it um, at the Augusta National Golf Club? You're going to need to be a little <laughs> more specific. <laughs> yeah, well, you've got to be uh, more specific in your question. Uh, Ike's Pond is, let's pick one. Um, hmm. Um, let's say it's um, on the eleventh hole. Uh, incorrect. Oh. Uh, Nick, I'm going to throw it over. I actually don't know. Oh, you don't know. You thought I was just is. trying to look smart. I thought it was the eleventh too. You know, it's between the eighth and ninth on the par three course. Oh, brilliant! Oh, I would have got that then. <laughs> Crikey! Okay, so we're level pegging. Nil so nil. A tricky precedent. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, your next topic. Let's go food and drink. Food and drink. Was that, was that a topic? Yeah. Food and drink. That's just topic. close to lunchtime. Starving. Can you name any of the items on Tiger Woods' 1998 uh, Champions Dinner we, menu? Yes, I can. We looked at this. Hamburgers. <laughs> Cheeseburgers. No, no, that's incorrect. <laughs> Cheeseburgers. Come on. Come on. Now I tell you what. If you can name another item, I'll give you the. Strawberry point. milkshakes. Correct. We looked at that the other day, didn't we? Yeah. It's cheeseburger. He had cheeseburger, fries, strawberry milkshake, and strawberry shortcake. That's a point for mm. Nick, yeah? One point. Tommy, you'd love that. I would. I could do Sounds that now. Like <laughs> very wholesome meal. I think we might. I might, I might go to Burger King <laughs> after, <laughs> after this. Okay. Uh, Tom. I'll have food and drink. Okay. Um, name any of the items on Ian Woosnam's 1992 um, um, Welsh rarebit. Wrong. Oh. Um, you had many different Welsh dishes to choose from, and you went for Welsh rabbit, which wasn't on there. Le- leeks, I'm going to leeks in. Leek and potato soup, um, leg and lamb, and his dessert, he went for apple pie and ice cream. That um, was harder than the Woods question. That was much harder. Um, well, it's harder if you know the answer. You two had looked at the... the yeah, but that, I think that was well known, though. Yeah. About tigers. But then the Woosnam one is about picking a Welsh dish. Which I, did, well. which I did. Which I did. So Nick's in the lead. Nick, uh, I'll go with. Uh, I will go with lucky dip. Well, Nick's looking at my pad oh, there. Cheating. You can't read your own handwriting. What <laughs> chance do I have? Okay. Um, who were the co-founders of Augusta National? Uh, they were. Um, oh, what's his face? The great amateur, uh, Bobby Jones, <laughs> and Alistair McKenzie. Just say, what's his face? Isn't <laughs> Some more disrespectful, Jones. perhaps. Uh, it's actually wrong. Yeah, Alex McKenzie was the art designer. I can't Tom? remember his name. Oh, come on. Did he commit suicide at the golf He course? did. There you he go. Did. Fun fact. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm not going to give you half a point for that. Because come Bobby, on. No, because it's an easy question, and you said, what's his face, Bobby Jones? <laughs> <laughs> Good shout. Uh, no, I can't think of his name. Clifford Roberts. Clifford Roberts. Mm, okay. Yeah. Okay. I committed suicide. When he, I think he was 87, um, 
on, I think it was on the estate as well. Three court, so that's incorrect. Tom? Can I just also just say that I've been, ever since the birth of my son, I've been struggling to remember my own phone number. Um, so baby brain. Baby, massive baby <laughs> brain going right. Is that yeah. a thing? Genuinely? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It is now, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> uh, what topic would you like to go for? Uh, what was that one that you just did? Lucky, lucky did, lucky did it. Go on, I lucky did it. Um, the exterior of Eisenhower's cabin, cabin never makes it onto the telecast. Apart from one year. Can you name the year and why? Um, can I name the year? Um, I think it's, was it where Rory hit his tee shot? Correct. That's half a point. That's very good In work. Two thousand and we've already mentioned. Hello, this. eleven. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So Tom ties it up at one all. Uh, your categories you can choose from, Nick, are fashion, controversy, facts and figures, and first timers. Let's get fashion out of the way. Fashion. Not your specialist subject. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are certain rules related to the wearing of the green jacket. What are they? I'm going to put a specific scenario. It's <laughs> unlikely, but let's say you won the Masters next year. You, you, you turn pro, you got your world ranking up, you win, the, you win the Masters. What are and are you not allowed to do with your green jacket? I think a flashback of when Nick said he could break a course record at somewhere. No, I, I said it was... <laughs> I, uh, my question was, is it beyond the realms of possibility for me to break the course record at the Belfry and we also as know. a 16 <laughs> handicapper? Beyond the realms of possibility. Yes. It's, it's beyond not the beyond the realms of possibility. It, 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 because it's my argument was, I know, but I have hit shots no, to birdie haven't. every hole you there at various stages 200 yards. during my golfing career. You hit your driver it's not beyond the realms of possibility. Anyway. We're off piece here. <laughs> you hit your driver, you can't. And the answer is I don't know, so I'm going to go for a random guess. Like, eat me own hat if you did. You're not allowed to wear the jacket in public outside the confines of the golf club incorrect uh, the winner you get to keep your jacket for a year but then at the end of that year you have to take it back to the club and you can only wear it on the premises okay. um, so yeah. I mean semi right didn't someone nick wear someone else's jacket who's tasing no when, when, when you win uh, you uh, receive another member's jacket to wear. So the oh, jacket that gets given to you in the butler's cabin actually belongs to another member. It's not your jacket yet, because obviously okay. they don't have any of your yeah, sizes. Yeah. So they'll pick someone with a similar build and give you their jacket to wear at that particular moment. Nick, what golfer would you uh, has a similar build to you? <laughs> Angel uh, Cabrera. Rory McIlroy. Angel Cabrera. <laughs> Rory McIlroy hasn't won the Masters. Duffy Waldorf. Duffy Waldorf. <laughs> won the Masters in. Yeah, that's two. Okay. Um, <laughs> Tom, would you like your fashion question or would you like to go? Please do, please. Um, yours comes in two parts. Oh. There's half a point for each. The no, first no, no, half no, is no, tricky. Name the colours in Nick Faldo's jumper. <laughs> <laughs> um, when was the green jacket first introduced and why? I mean, oh, Silence. Well, well, well you want, what an exact year. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. You 19... for a golf magazine. Yeah, I do. 1962. What? Incorrect. Uh, well, okay. And why do they do it? Because it's nice. Something <laughs> to give, give them something you, you nice know, to wear. You have no idea why they wear green. Why you never they... thought to yourself, why do they wear green jackets? I thought, well, it's green. Of course it's green. <laughs> that, was the, that, was, that was the only... After the war, there was a shortage in... <laughs> 
any other material except for green. I think we should start. <laughs> out. It was 1937 and they wear green so that the, they are easily visible to the public. So that any public who come to watch the golf tournament, uh, they can be guided around the golf course by the, um, by the, the, um, so the members. Good, good camouflage. Uh, I don't think you're allowed to use the word members. I think you have to use the word patrons. No, they're members, but the fans are patrons. Oh, right. Back in your box. Yes, very um, much so. Okay, so we're still tied. Can I say that is one of the worst questions? That's impossible. No, it wasn't too difficult. That it was, one. was, it, was it, how to get exact year. The exact year. And then the reason the why they, is so people know who they are. Uh, oh, great. Another piece of trivia that the Master's jacket is made in the UK, in Yorkshire, I believe. And then it gets York. sent down to a tailor's in Savile Row, I think, to be... Uh, anyway, uh, which subject would you like next, Nick? Facts you, and figures, please. Facts and figures, your specialist score? subject. Yes. Score is one all. One all, um, after four. What's the highest score ever taken on the 12th hole? Uh, okay. Um, it's... That's not the phone 11. In office. 11. No, incorrect. Is it 12? 12. It's 13. Oh. Tom Weiskopf in 1980 oh. made a 13. It's the highest score on the, uh, in Masters history. There you go. Another incorrect answer, Nick. Didn't mind, Nick. Um, Thomas. Facts and figures, please. St statistically speaking, what's the hardest hole on the golf course? I think, statistically speaking, it's the 11th. Statistically speaking, it's you're wrong. Oh. <laughs> it's the tenth. Yeah. Has a stroke always, average of yeah. four point three. Yeah, you think actually, it's tricky, yeah. if you look over your shoulder, Sweet. you'll see that Down my the score on the seven of the tenth was Tom. On the tenth, you scored a seven. I scored a seven. Do you want to know why? I, was I on can't the, even think what the tenth is. I was on the green. Sweeps in two. downhill, right to left, around the corner, and then the green sits above the level of the fairway. And everyone has to hit a big draw off the tee. Big downslope, bound downhill. Yeah. I putted into the bunker on the tenth. That's how I made my seven. <laughs> I was on the green for two. Um, so you then hey ho. Um, so you then three putted. Yeah. So you, so you took four looking, putts on that I'm just hole. looking at your scorecard behind yeah. us, and the best thing about it is that Neil has described in his own <laughs> words <laughs> how happened? he played each hole. And on the tenth, only thing I can read on it is it says "Great Drive." <laughs> Great Drive. And then it's all just five wood push, seven into sand, two shot. Oh, I can't, no, I can't read it. Yeah, seven iron. Great and then Drive. Into the sand. Uh, okay, so your final. Um, oh, you've got two more um, topics to choose from: controversy or first timers. Controversy. Controversy, Nicholas. Um, in 1968, Roberto, Roberto <laughs> Di Vincenzo signed for a wrong score, um, a par, not a birdie, on the 71st hole. Who would he have been in a playoff against had he signed for the right score? I was hoping you were going to ask me about the subject of that debacle because I knew. Playoffs. Uh, Charles Coody. Incorrect. Bob Golby. It's in the goal, beef. That's a tricky okay. one. Sorry. Is that when he said, oh, look at me, I'm so stupid, or something like that? Words to that effect I know, afterwards. Really? I think so, yeah. Um, Thomas. Come on, come on, this is to put real pressure on him. Controversy. Tian Lang Guan. Oh, oh come on. Easy <laughs> question. Was penalised for slow play as a 14-year-old amateur. But which year did this happen? 
2000. Shush, shush. Bob Golby shush. versus that. Unbelievable. <laughs> I told I've you got baby brain. brain. Let me. It's not a real thing. It <laughs> is. 2000. <laughs> and. 14. No. Oh, that's incorrect. 13. John Paramore. Well, I know who did it. I, could, I, I said I can't remember 13. last week, let alone two years ago. You're still oh, stuck on one. That is so off. frustrating. It's not, it's not a great effort. It's not been the easiest quiz in the world. Okay, so your final... A sudden death. Your final... No, it's, it's for the... It's, it's, it's final question. Is there a sudden death sudden, question? Uh, I can try and well, think no, of well, a sudden it, death Well, at the moment, it's sudden, uh, if he gets it right and I get it wrong, he wins. Okay. Um, Nicholas. Mm, Emiliano Grio yes. will make his Masters debut this year. He will. Which tournament on the PGA Tour did he win to earn his right to play in the field? So he won the Web.com Tour Championship. That's not the question. That's I know, no, just for. giving some context to the listeners. <laughs> and then he won pretty soon again after that. So it's one of those early season events. I'm going to say the Fries.com Open. That's correct. Yeah. Nicholas I takes the lead. That. I knew that. Um, Thomas. Oh, ben, I can't believe I'm so, I'm still gutted about that last one. Ben Ann will make his Masters debut this year. Where did he finish on the race to Dubai to earn his Oh, place I can't have you given me that? That's such a hard question. You had a very he easy had, last question. No, that's ridiculous. Got, Bob Golby. Yeah. What about Bob Golby? I knew that. <laughs> he didn't know Bob Golby. I did that. There's, we did a, there's a good feature in the Golf Monthly magazine, which I had to sub about six years ago. Um, he finished seventh. Yes. <laughs> oh, are you serious? Okay. So it's one all. From nowhere. Right. It's two oh, all. I should have won. It's two, two all. Sorry, two all. Okay. So I'm going to put this pad here, and the tie-breaking question is as follows. Is it the first one to answer? No. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. How many shots did it take for me to complete the front nine at Augusta National? You can you can guess first. Okay. 46. Oh. Oh, okay. Okay, he says 46, I say 45. He's played off your reaction. That's wholly no. unfair. No, no. I, I say 45. Well, you Nick. responded to his reaction. <laughs> you said 46, I said 45. What's the answer? It's 39. Nick. I can't believe you said 46. <laughs> I, uh, I knew it wasn't that. I was going to say 40. Yeah. I win. So who won that? We have a winner. Tom won. Yeah. An absolute <laughs> scandal. <laughs> If there was any sort of watchdog presiding over this quiz, it would be declared There void. isn't. There is not. <laughs> there's a, there's a clock. That's as close as we're getting to a watch. I said that. Tappers looked at me, scowled at me, as if to say, how can you possibly think that? And then you well, just said one less. I know, what, what were you? You were only eight over, weren't you? Yeah, I was eight over. Yeah. Because then I started the back nine, seven, six. I told you, he's told me the story an awful lot. All I'm saying is if you went first, it would be a completely okay, different outcome. finish. Enough. You, um, you asked to go first in the quiz. You made your bed, now lie on it. Loser. Okay, let's get. <laughs> let, let's move on. Our final point to discuss is who our who our bets are going to be. Now, I've had a think about how we do the betting in this podcast because oh, oh, good. we've had a few formats over the weeks, and I've settled on the following rules: betting re- related podcast rules. Um, your favourite, so we, what we do is every week we choose a favourite and an outsider. Your favourite needs to be inside fifty to one. Your outsider needs to be outside fifty to one. Okay. Um, if your favourite wins, you get twenty points. If your favourite finishes in the top ten, you get ten points. If your outsider wins, you get fifty points. 
and if you're outside of finishes in the top 10 you get 20 points I like it that's a, a ridiculous why? because if your favourite wins which is really hard to pick a winner you get the same as if you're outside of finishes in the yeah, top but they're more likely to finish they're in the top 10 than the outsider yeah because they're better at golf the, well, that's why they're shorter odds no yes no. absolutely that's exactly how it works no. I'm with you tappers thank you don't listen to him yeah I won't okay so let's go through our, and as Nick pointed out to me last week on the podcast I should really be the one to start and as the person who pointed that out I should my, go second you keep stealing my choices you, that's, I'll go last that's fine that's fine because it's so hard I'll just have whatever's left over okay Right, Grumpy so over there now. No, no, no. I've won the quiz. I'm very happy. Because so I've won the quiz. My choices for this year's Masters, I'm going to take Jason Day. I'm wow. You know what? You are a real hero. <laughs> You're a hero. Um, don't really need to say much about that, do I? Just one talk, two back-to-back tour events. Maybe if John Paramore referees his group, he might be in trouble, though. He's quite slow, isn't mm. he? Uh, do you know, we were talking about this yesterday morning in the office, having watched the World Match Play, and... It is a shame to see the world number one taking such a long time over his shots. Um, it would be great to see the ruling bodies just clamp down on him a little bit because, especially in the match play, when it's just one or two matches out on the golf course, it was painful at times. It was. The fluttering of the eyelids as he's he visualising hits it so his far, shot. though. He hits, he hits it so far, it's like two of my shots. So actually, if, I was, if, I, was, if I was playing, he'd actually just be going the same pace. He also loses a lot less golf balls. Well, there you go. <laughs> I think he plays really quickly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Jason Day would be my uh, uh, ins- uh, insider, insider <laughs> favourite. Uh, and my outsider, I'm going for Matt Kuchar. Kuchar trending nicely. Wait, what, what's Matt Kuchar's 66 odds? to 1. Is he one of the ones which is... He doesn't have play. the constitution to win a major championship. Oh, harsh words. It, didn't he... What a ridiculous comment. Highest ranked amateur at the In 2012, yeah. he was right in it and he didn't make a single birdie on the back nine. Yeah, that happens. Mm, shouldn't do it at Augusta National with the oh, opportunities presented there. I thought about Kutcher and then I reminded myself of that. I'd love that. to know what Matt Kutcher thinks about your... Shit. Podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be delighted if Matt Kutcher was listening to this podcast. Well, he's, Matt, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> if you're listening, send us a send us a tweet. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to go with Nick. Nick, I'm not going to go with you to win or even to Please. finish in the top ten. But who would you like to pick? Queries. Oh, Fifty to one. Fifty to one. In or out? Uh, in. In what? Fifty to one is a favourite. <laughs> It's got to be, it's, yeah, 51 is a favourite. Okay, my favourite is Bubba Watson, for reasons already covered. He's a good yep. goal. He's a good and what, what are his odds? Like he is 12 11 to 1. To one. To one. Yeah. Uh, and your outsider? I'll go with... <coughs> Brooks Kupka, the odds I looked at earlier was 66. You, sorry, sorry, you, we, you just queried and we've told you the rules. He's 50 This to is one. what, Paddy Power you got in front of him? Yeah. yeah. So you're an odds checker, I got 66 to 1. Well, congratulations. <laughs> okay. Should have, you should have done okay, fine, time. I'll go with Justin Thomas. I just feel a really big performance is around the corner. Even though he's making his debut. Even What's his odds? His debut. Oh, he's 70 to 1. Fine. Okay. Allowed. Uh, I, I would, not going to lie to you, Nick, if Justin Thomas wins the Masters, I'll be shocked. I'll be shocked. I thought you were going to come up with and eat your hat. No. No, if, if he, he doesn't need to. It's all about going in the top ten according to your silly rules. So he just what. needs to get in the top ten and get yeah, 20, twenty points. Twenty points if he finishes if, in the top ten. If Nick, Nick breaks the course record at the Belfry, then I'm eating my hat. Well, 
Um, we'll not going to get into this discussion again. I've already wasted enough of my time <laughs> trying to explain won't. my point. Okay, uh, Tom. Hi. Who would you like to go I, for? Uh, uh, well, now I, have the, now I have the rest of the field to choose from. Yeah. Um, I have a huge dilemma about my favourite, but I'm going to go with Adam Scott. Scott. He's just been playing so well, and he's obviously won there before, and all, all that. He can putt again. He can putt again. But can he putt well enough? Well, we'll find out next week when the Masters yeah. <laughs> We'll watch it, yeah. Um, and then my outsiders, I have two who I'm thinking about. I'm going to go with Ben Ann because he's, he's also making his debut. He's making his debut, but he is a very good driver of the ball. He's up there at the top of all the rankings. And also, he's actually, I think, I looked this earlier, he's 26th in the world. And he's a hundred to one, so I, I think he's. Is he not injured? Don't think so. He pulled out of the WGC early, didn't he? Did he? He got. He, yeah, he was. He was getting absolutely. Pick, uh, he's done this thrashed. three times, I think now. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he picked got, someone, getting, and then he was getting beaten quite soundly by uh, Kupka or Kucha or someone like that, and he he um, threw in the towel with a couple of holes to go, keeping himself nice and fresh. We okay. beat Ricky Fowler on the Friday, and then yeah. I. No, actually, I think Ben Ham was playing really well, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he, he was did, playing. He, he got through, but he definitely pulled out early. He was losing. Oh, right. he, he was he came playing off the golf course early. Okay. Injured. Um, yeah. So there you go. Okay. Well, I'm there not you go. Oh, quick, I'm happy quick other thing to add: Louis Tazen at thirty-three to one is absolutely outstanding value. Twenty-eight to one on my list. Schwartz or, 30, Schwartz or 35 to 1. I'll, I'll be having be money on Louis Tazen. I will be having sure. money. We're just, saying, we're just shouting names now yeah. on Justin Rose. Uh, just this putting from six feet and in, I'm not sold on it. Don't um, get me wrong, I'd love him to win. I Also, just looking at the odds here, one player that I always have a bet on every year because. Fred Couples. A couple of times he's really coming. Talking about Fred Couples? Time. Yeah, it's Fred 300, Couples. 300 to 1. He's 300 to 1 this year, and he will be. <laughs> Somewhere near leading after round one because every year he always should have is. him as round one leader. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm what sure about we, Bernard Langer? The odds would be quite. What's he? Five hundred to one. So, just, well, there we have it. I think that brings us we're just, to. We're a, just going, just saying numbers now. <laughs> that brings us to a sort of staggering close for this um, uh, this week's podcast. Um, gents, any other business? AOB? Anything you'd like to get off your chest about the world of golf before we leave? Um, just to say, I think. Whilst the Masters is happening, there will be a lot of social media action um, happening with the golf Mo- with Golf Monthly. Uh, especially, we'd like to see what everybody, how everybody is watching the Masters on Saturday evenings. So we, this right. is kind of an annual thing we do. What you know, what you're drinking, what you're eating, who you're there with, whether you're having a party, yeah. like that. You set up, you know, sharing because I think Saturday night people watching the Masters are very popular time. I think there's parties and stuff like that. So that would be good to people to send that in. I'm at a wedding. Are you? Yeah, that's they a horrible t- scheduling conflict. Do they yeah. have two t- years in a row? I've been a <laughs> Do they have a television? Um, the, uh, I don't know. Is the answer? I haven't asked. <laughs> um, Sky, go on the phone. Take your take your own. Sky, go on the phone. Yeah, I mean, it depends if I can get Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. But it might be a little bit antisocial. I'm not sure my wife would be terribly impressed. Re- regular toilet breaks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Nick, anything you'd like to add? No, nothing from me, just that I'm very much looking forward to the Masters and hope everyone enjoys it. Yeah, okay, well, it's, um, it's set to be an absolute classic this year. Um, it, would not, it would be quite fitting if someone came from completely nowhere to go, to go on and win it. Almost certain um, to happen. But you know for a fact the likes of Dave, McElroy, Speed, Scott, Watson, they'll be up there. 
at some point during the week and be surprised if not to see those names doing well. Um, thank you for listening to this week's uh, Clubhouse. Uh, we have more specials, so things like uh, there's more courses specials to come. I think we have some instruction um, podcasts to come in the future, so please keep listening. Subscribe uh, to us on iTunes if you haven't already, then it will get downloaded straight into your, um, into your podcast account uh, and you'll be able to listen to us every week without missing us. Um, anyway, for this week from the Clubhouse, it's goodbye. <laughs>